Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I wanted a career in which everything would matter. Because I'm motivated by something bigger than myself. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Here, my abilities contribute to our mission. Agency professionals have extraordinary integrity and exceptional talents. And every day, we do work that's incredibly important. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit cia.gov careers to learn more and apply. First off, um, I just want to to express um, how thankful I am for this opportunity to be here and to be the strength coach at the University of South Carolina. I told the team the first time I ever got to address them about a week ago, uh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me aside from marrying my wife and the birth of my kids, but it's close. It's real close. Uh, it's, that, it's that special um, and been working my whole life, my whole adult life for an opportunity like this. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to squeeze every inch of opportunity I can out of it. So what you guys got? All right. And what's up? What's up? Welcome in GC Live. That, of course, Luke Day. Um, not Luke Doty and not Ryan Day, who I am sure at some point am, am going to mix up. But that, of course, new South Carolina strength coach, Luke Day, who I dare say stole the show yesterday as Shane Beamer spoke again and talked for, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, something like that. Uh, and then, of course, introduced – Torian Gray, new secondary coach for South Carolina. Jimmy Lindsay, new D-line coach for South Carolina. And then Luke Day, new strength and conditioning coach for South Carolina. We're going to talk about um, all three of those introductions from yesterday. I've got one more clip from Day that I'm sure y'all will want to see if you haven't heard it or seen it already. Go check that out, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. The entire video is on there. And this is, of course, GC Live. We are brought to you by Clint Hammond of Mortgage Network. Um, a good buddy of mine, a great Gamecock, a Gamecock Central subscriber. And if you're in the market for a house or if you just want to save some money on a refinance uh, right now, this is a great time to get a great interest rate. Clint is, of course, the branch manager of the Mortgage Network group here in Columbia. You can reach him at chammond at mortgagenetwork.com or give him a call, 803-771-6933. Or as you see at the top of our show every single day, you can actually just go to mortgagenetwork.com slash Clint-Hammond. Again, 771-6933. That's an 803 area code. Great guy. He'll get you set up. And uh, I think pretty much anybody can save money right now unless you've had a uh, an interest a new interest rate in the last couple of years. Um, a refinance will save about anybody money right now. So, all right, y'all. Luke Day. I, I think, Chris, we got to start with him because that was maybe the buzz, uh, I would say, on the message boards, I would say on Gamecock Twitter, just the, the friends of mine who are big Gamecocks that were texting me. This guy stole the show yesterday, and, um, dude, I, I think you, you just look, and it was very, very easy to see and hear why Shane Beamer – made this guy his strength and conditioning coach once you – it didn't take long, basically. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I think this is a situation where, you know, the strength hire took some time. It was one of those hires where a lot of people were going around saying, what's taking so long, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as Beamer said, and we can verify, Wes, there are a lot of different people talked to about this job. There was a lot of interest in the position. There was a lot of different feedback given. And, um, you know – here's what I go back to. It always matters. You know, the guys that you get in the end on your staff, that's the most important thing, right? And, and 
there's been a lot of talk about that lately. Like Shane Beamer's even mentioned it. Is been so much talk about the people that aren't here, whether it's players, whether it's coaches. And he wants to focus on the ones that are here. You know, I think that what you get, whether it's in recruiting, your coaching staff, your final product is what counts. And when you look at Luke Day, you know, we heard a lot of good things about him during the process from people that we've spoken with in Marshall who are familiar with him in the, in the strength and conditioning industry. They think that they, a lot of them said, look, players love this guy. He's really different. And so for me, I look at what Shane Beamer has sort of uh, pointed to what he wants his program to be, what he sort of aspires for it to be. And he talks a lot about culture. And again, we've said this a lot too on this program. You know, are you using culture as a buzzword? Are you actually trying to cultivate it and take moves, and move pieces around to cultivate that? Luke Day is a culture driver type of strength coach. And he talked about it yesterday. Yeah, they want to be strong. Technically, they want to be really good there. But it's also about developing men, um, having great relationships with your players. And I thought that was that stood out. You know, I thought a lot of what he said, he talked a lot about just, you know, philosophical things. Or he talked a lot about, you know, developing the man. And he talked a lot about relationships. And those are the types of things that I think uh, South Carolina can use within its strength program to be, you know, a differentiator for them, which is really what they need. No question, man. And, you know, you, you look and, and it's not – I think you look back. It's, it's not that somebody like Paul Jackson did a bad job because I, I actually don't think Paul Jackson did a bad job at all. I think Paul Jackson just got called up. I mean, we, we've talked about this. In, in the coaching industry, you can get let go because you're called up in the midst of a coaching change. And it maybe doesn't mean anything about you as a coach. You know, I, I don't think I don't think Paul Jackson did anything wrong as a coach. And I, I think if he had been kept on, he I think he would have done a fi- fantastic job as well. Um, there, there's many good strength coaches that are out there. And I, I, I do think, though, if you look at Luke Day and you look at sort of the, the track record at Marshall and the fact he followed Scott Strickland and what you hear about how much they liked him there – and then the early indications that we've heard here, um, you know, I've heard the guys so far love him. That's not uncommon for a new strength coach, but certainly, you know, I think you used the word holistic. Um, that was a word that, uh, you know, Pete Limbo used to describe his approach to special teams as well. And I think you sort of see that already. You, you see that approach really in the way he approaches life. Um, there is even a little bit of like a Southern preacher feel, um, to his delivery, but the guy's a great communicator, man. You can tell he's intelligent. You can tell he communicates. I think he, he sounds genuine. It doesn't sound like somebody who's just, uh, you know, selling the idea, selling himself. It it sounds like there's a a genuine uh, approach to this. So I I think it, it matters how bad he wanted the job. He, he used the word gratitude as sort of his message in his very first uh, meeting with the team. And I think all those things just sort of exude from this guy's personality and aura. It's just this is one of those people that wakes up every day pretty excited about what they get to do on that given day. Yeah. And, and it's, I think a lot of honesty too, you know, in talking about sort of how he shaped his philosophy with how he approaches the weight room and how he approaches sort of player development, person development was shaped by some struggles that he went through uh, that he didn't get into, but, you know, um, talking about struggling. Well, I mean, w- what you have here is you have, there is a different feel now. Now what we don't know, Wes, we have no idea in three years, you know, does this translate to wins or not? I mean, I don't know. But what we do know is that there's been a lot of positivity in the building. Maybe part of that was just because there's a changeover period. But I do think there's been a concerted effort to sort of change the vibe and change the feel and, and to approach things differently. And that's certainly been done, whether you're talking about a guy like Pete Limbo, bringing on just a special teams guy who sort of has a different approach. He's been a head coach before. He's got a different sort of perspective. Um you add guys like Luke Day and Eric Kimry, you know, he taught 
Day talked about their their budding bromance. I think he said yesterday. I mean, you walk into one of their meetings. I mean, you you might you might be just as likely to start you know hearing you know philosophy musings and quotes than talking about football or or how to squat or whatever it may be. And so um, I, I do think it's just an interesting and a, and a unique approach. Um, but one one thing we do know is we do know that at Marshall. Luke, it's not like Luke Day stepping into his first ever head job. He, he got the head job after Scott Sinclair moved over to Georgia. Luke Day was promoted, and Luke um, was loved by those players there. When Scott Sinclair was there, and Luke was an assistant, and then when he got up into the head job, you know, people around there really, really loved him. And so, um, I think he's going to bring very much a unique approach, and it'll be really interesting to to watch it play out. But but I think it's it's going to be really a welcomed thing and a welcome change here. Let's let's hit a couple of these questions, and I'm gonna play one more uh, Luke Day clip that I have queued up. Um, Jeffrey Hicklin uh, wants to know what's the word on Muschamp being on the Georgia staff, and would that change the buyout? I'll lean on you on this one, Chris. But that, that's something that actually, you know, it's being reported now. I think I think it was first by the AJC that it was that he's actually there. You know, that he's in the building. They weren't sure exactly what his role is going to be, but that's something. You know, you've reported um, – well, you've told me, I believe you reported I believe you put it on our on the Insider Forum a, a while back that this is where it was probably headed. I don't think I don't think this was some big secret that he yeah. was going to end up at Georgia. It's been floating around as a possibility for a long time. Obviously, Jackson Muschamp is there, the connections to the school, and that he graduated there. Kirby Smart, his, uh, his buddy, and I would say his frenemy as far as their – time at Georgia and South Carolina, but I, I think at the end of the day, actually really good friends. So may, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we did uh, drop that note uh, probably a couple different times on the insiders forum and that, and we don't know if something else will eventually take shape, but the plan has been to do an off field role in Georgia. Um, Muschamp is not the type of guy to really take time completely detached from coaching or completely detached from football and certainly had some other opportunities, whether it was potential of going back to Texas, some other calls around the SEC or, or nationally to be a defensive coordinator or a defensive coach. Um, but this move made the most sense for, for all the reasons that you listed, Wes. So uh, our expectation, and, and could something change to where he's on the field perhaps, but the expectation's been some type of off-field role at Georgia for a while. As for the buyout, no, no change there. There's no mitigation clause in Muschamp's past contract with South Carolina, which is actually, and I can't, I'm sorry guys, I can't remember the number, but most of the coaches in the SEC, I believe, do not have mitigation clauses. Some do, um, but I, I think that number is actually into the what you can classify as a majority that a lot of them, we'll put it that way, a lot of them don't have mitigation clauses as head coaches from when they find employment. That's one of the perks of being an SEC head coach. You get a really, really nice contract. So, and then a really nice payday um, when right. you leave. Appreciate that, uh, though, Jeffrey. Appreciate that tip as well. Um, Tyler, appreciate the tip from you. Says, I appreciate you guys. I'm getting off the free 99. What, is, uh, what does that mean? Um, getting off the free 99. Tyler, you'll need to get – you don't have to tip us to say it, but you'll have to give us a little clarification. Does that mean he's, he's off his free trial on Gamecock Central or something? Maybe. Or maybe I don't know, man. Come, but if you are, come, you know, take that nine ninety nine. That'll get you a, a full month That's on right. the site as opposed to one day on here. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Where I was just reading something. Y'all go too fast. Um, somebody, are y'all talking about Muschamp? Some. Steven said the athletic reported he's not, quote, hired. I'm guessing talking about much Um Oh, Tyler says he's not watching for free anymore. Um, okay. Hey, we appreciate that, man. We appreciate yeah. the tip. And let's see. Even, I mean, if I haven't seen it. Maybe the athletic did say that about much Whether it's official or not official or what, whatever, that's the expected that outcome. It's happening. Whether it was yesterday, today, tomorrow, like it's happening and it's been happening for a long time. So that's really, yeah, that's the, everything else a little bit semantics. At this point. Yeah, it, it's going down. Um, yeah. 
All right, here here is Luke Day. I'm telling you, man, this, this guy is fantastic. I, I I was sitting there going through his presser. I was like, I could use half of this stuff for the show today, and just I could I should have just re just we could have come on, introduced it, and then just re ran him for thirty minutes. But here's a, here's one more clip from Luke Day yesterday when he was introduced. A man that can draw out the version of a young man he could not elicit himself. And if, if these kids could just train and we hand them a packet, we should just send them to the rec center. But if there's a, if you can put the right people around him that, and and I'm going to steal one of my favorite terms of just defining what a coach is from, from our, our our senior associate or whatever. I don't even know what we're allowed to call him yet, but Chip Morton, 27 year NFL head strength coach is going to join us here and is here on the staff. Um, is man's heart are deep waters and the insightful man, a, a real coach draws that out of them. And there's, the, there's deep water down there in the well and we got to go dig it out. And that's what I have to do physically. This game is still about putting your hands on people and making them go where they don't want to go. And we have to train people that way. And there's a certain mindset that you have to do. There's a certain mentality that has to be uh, taught and brought and instilled in people. And then uh, a resilience. Like it's one thing if you're, if you're a Ferrari type dude and you can go and you're explosive, that's great. But can you repeat it? Can you go round after round after round? And people that get trained that way, uh, those are the people doing it the right way in this business, in my opinion. That um, was Luke Day talking about what he thinks makes basically a really good strength and conditioning coach. So, again, you can see the energy. You can see the um, communication skills there. Just a a lot to really like about that guy. Um, Speaking of hires, and we're going to go back into some of the other stuff from yesterday. But before we get there and before before I forget, we got to mention the official hire of Shaq Wilson. That's something that we had – we had alluded to, and then we had reported it was going to happen, and now is made official by South Carolina. This one took a little bit longer, I think, just because of the structure. You know, when you look at somebody like Byron Gerardo who's coming in, he went from being on the strength staff at Tennessee to being on the strength staff here at South Carolina. With, with Shaq, it's more of a situation. He went from strength staff over there to actual off-the-field analyst on the defensive side of the ball here. I know they've still been in the in the process of structuring some of those things, but we're actually starting to see it become clearer. Um, some some new names over there as well. But Chris with, with Shaq Wilson, this is the role, and ultimately, you know, maybe on field actual assistant football coach, uh, you know, in the future. But this is more along the lines of what I think probably fits Shaq best, and. I believe probably what Shaq has wanted. I don't want to put, you know, words in his mouth, but I, I think you look, he was in recruiting here and, and had, you know, had a pretty good role in that. He, you know, he had a, a full-time job in recruiting here. Then he was on the strength staff at Tennessee. And I, I imagine that move was more towards sort of getting away from the recruiting side and getting more, a little bit more towards football, but you're still in strength and conditioning as opposed to actual football. Now you have a guy who was always known as one of the sort of smarter, instinctual, uh, you know, understands every football IQ guy, you know, when, when he was a player here. Now he's actually on, on the more football side of things. And I, I think this is a really good fit. It's a great get for South Carolina and a great situation for Shaq as well. Yeah, totally agree. Great move for everyone involved. I mean, Beamer obviously with with familiarity with Shaq and Shaq with obviously a lot of familiarity here and you're right the whole I remember you've been talking about this for a long time Wes even when you know even when Shaq was on staff here like in the recruiting offices the buzz then even was you know hey one day Shaq's going to be more of an on-field guy whether he's an on-field coach or whether he's doing something as an analyst type role he's going to get back to that at some day so this is that opportunity and I mean, it's the best of both worlds forever for everyone involved. And so, like you said, really smart guy. I think it's going to really mesh well with the rest of the staff there. Um, has a really good football mind. It's going to be able to 
you know, if he has the opportunity on, on campus and prospects come on, I think he'll be able to be part of that, you know, as much as, as much as allowed because he has an experience of playing at South Carolina and then getting into coaching. And I think he's going to be able to help in a, in a lot of different, uh, in a variety of ways for South Carolina. Yeah, dude, I, I mean, I remember all the way back when Shaq was coming out of high school down in Jacksonville, um, first coast high school, I think. And a guy that just was very, very productive in high school, big get for South Carolina at the time was a little bit undervalued just because of, um, you know, his size, basically his height. That's what kept him from being one of these just star stud type recruits, as opposed to what it ended up being, I I think like a high three-star type kid, but, uh, it's funny, you know, you, you look all the way back and, and how long it's been since that was and played at Carolina, played a lot, then, you know, was was obviously in the recruiting deal and then was at Tennessee and now he's back home. And I, I think for guys like him, for guys like Jared, uh, it, it means a lot. It, it seems to mean a lot to, to be back home. And, and the fans, I, I like how the fan base has really embraced the return of these guys as well. So, you know, we already talked about Jared O being back, but for, for both those guys who sort of – who almost left as a package deal, it, it seems like, and it, it's only fitting that they both come back, you know, to South Carolina at the same time. Uh, and, you know, speaking of, of Jared O and speaking of the strength staff, he so, – so Luke Day also very just nonchalantly dropped a huge tidbit yesterday, mm-hmm. something that had – I mean, I guess gotten past all of us. I I don't think I had heard this at all. Maybe you had, Chris, but um Yeah, I did. And, oh, you had? Yeah, and I didn't didn't follow up on it as much as I could have, Wes. That's okay. Sore Dang, spot. Man. Yeah. Well, sorry to bring that up, but okay. but Chip Morton, the uh, twenty seven year strength coach veteran, a guy that I go back and look and he was a uh, the Bengals' actual head strength coach in the NFL, um, Washington football team head strength coach, Panthers strength coach, had some assistant strength coach um, uh, times in the NFL as well. And I- I'm telling you, man, God, to, to just bring in a veteran like that as an assistant and to be someone that, that he can sort of lean on, he being, you know, Luke Day, that, that's got to be huge for these guys, I think. It is. It's something you can point to in recruiting of, hey, you, you've got sort of the, the head guy who's a real culture driver and obviously knows what he's doing in the weight room too and Luke Day, and that's something for the players and, and for prospective players that you can certainly sell to the prospects and their families. But you've also got, hey, even one of our assistants, a guy that's got you know years and years of experience and has been at the highest level, you know, football training players at that level, that's that's something that's big. And, you know, then, then you carry it over to, you know, the defensive staff, all of them, um, you know, almost all of them now played in the NFL. Um, so they've got, you know, they, they've got some pro – and that's one thing you've noticed. I mean, Shane Beamer's discussed it, but that hasn't been a huge, huge point of just constantly pointing to it. Um, they've talked. They've talked a lot more about culture and development of, of the person and things like that. But they do have that point in that. Hey, our guys know how to develop pros. A lot of them have been at the pro level themselves. Um, you know, even Jimmy Lindsay has not coached in the pros or played in the co- in the pros defensive line coach. But he's done, I think, four different internships with with the NFL ball clubs. So he's certainly been around the pro game as well. So. Um, that they certainly have that aspect, and it's going to carry over into the weight room. So, yeah, Morton was a big, I think, get a big hire for, for Luke Day, a guy that obviously has a really good relationship with. And um, we, we don't know, aside from him, Wes, do you know any more? Him and Jarrado, you know, to fill out the rest of the strength staff under Luke Day. I don't know any more names. If any guys from Marshall will follow, but we'll be trying to run that down as well. Yeah, I, I imagine, you know, there, there's some, some more – hires to be made or, or maybe even some some hires that have probably quietly already taken place or are taking place you know there's a process to all these things but generally you know it, it seems like all if, if we can sort of go off the mo of beamer and, and all his other hires this staff probably at about every spot 
is going to be a combination of people connected to Beamer and, you know, that he's comfortable with or someone connected to that particular coach. So, for example, defensive staff is, you know, a guy like Torian Gray that's got these strong connections to Beamer. Then you look at Jimmy Lindsay, a guy that's got these strong connections to Clayton White. You look at the strength coach deal, um, you know, obviously Luke Day tied in with Morton, I guess, but Jarrado, former Gamecock, who Shane Beamer actually recruited to Columbia out, out of JUCO. So, you know, it, it sort of, I guess, has a – there's an MO sort of developing about these hires. And, and guys who I think we're seeing – we're seeing strong proof that guys that want to be here is, is sort of a, a criteria. It's, it's sort of a um, – from some things we've also heard behind the scenes, that, that's been a big part of this. They, they don't really want guys that they have to – necessarily beg to be here they want guys who are willing to to run through a wall to, to get here and I, I think with Luke Day especially you uh you know you you have that and great great visual by him that he created though because I was just picturing this deranged strength coach coming into the building and and not getting the job and then having to be literally handcuffed and and thrown out and and sent on, sent on his way back to West Virginia, you know? <laughs> Range. That's a great word. That would have been quite a scene. He he yeah. he, he did – he was staging a, a shakedown there, a Beamer in the facility. I'm on the way. My man just got in the car and started driving. And did he have – I mean, so they, they said he had another staffer who had not been hired. Was that Chip Morton also? Or was – I mean, was it Jared? I mean, who was it? Uh, we don't know. That's an, another mystery we need to run down. But basically, Luke Day not only hired himself for the job officially, like he closed it out, but he basically made a hire himself, kidnapped that person on the way to the facility, and and dragged that person in as well, and said, "Here I am." I mean, and it worked <laughs> out. It hey, so well, we might as well go with this. No, that's yeah. not. But maybe, maybe they maybe they were just scared to tell him to leave. You know, like I feel like he, like this guy is very con. This guy's got some conviction in in what he's saying. So I yeah. can just imagine him chugging uh, cold brew, all hyped up. Um, you know, ready to roll. Like y'all ain't kicking me out of here. I'm I'm in here now. <laughs> I don't, you know that was very interesting to me because I think the cold brew, just my opinion a little bit more of a controlled, like, caffeinated state, right? The Red Bull, a little bit more my heart may explode type of thing. The cold brew, depending on how much you have, a little bit more in control, a little bit more philosophical and measured. So just my just my opinion. Now, if you have, like, two or three of them, like I would be uh, very tempted to do. So the cold well, brew is like, like, it's like a, it's like a boost. boost. But it's a little more like controlled boost type thing, you think? Well, just, well, because it's coffee, you know. I mean, like it's yeah. it's coffee at the end of the day instead of yeah. It's like Charles said the last time he had a Red Bull, he's vibrating in a bad way. Yeah, in a bad I mean, way. That's, <laughs> that's a that. good a good it's vibration. Sort of, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like some of uh. Like some of the pre-workouts, like I know you and I both oh, messed with some God. pre-workout, Wes. So I, I found one at one point where it is, it, it definitely makes your skin crawl a little bit, but it is it is more relaxed and mellow. But you can also get some, like the ones you buy for like $5 on Amazon or something, where it is, I may die any at any moment. So. Yeah, I... I don't. I'm not a huge pre-workout fan anymore, man. Because my my skin will feel funny. My one time, my heart just felt like it was literally like my hand was shaking. I felt like I was gonna just my heart was gonna explode. It's like I I don't I don't know about all this stuff. Um, Adam wants to know what Dave's reaction was to seeing the facilities. I I wish I could tell you, man. I wish I had been there. I'm sure it was pretty awesome. I've heard I've heard they're installing some type of turf within part of the weight room. Now as well, um, I need to confirm that. But, breaking, breaking news. Yeah, but I, but I've heard they're going to make some slight little changes, um, putting some turf in there. Because man, all strength coaches, all trainers, um, people like that, 
they all have their slight little things that they believe in as far that, that ultimately gets you to the same, hopefully the same goal as far as building strength, uh, keeping you conditioned, um, you know, getting bigger or getting smaller, depending on what your, your goal is or what your need is. But they all have little things they sort of lean on the, the most and like to make little changes. So that'll, that'll be interesting. We, we've got to see may, maybe, Chris, post, like once this vaccine is rolled out and, and hopefully everything is, is back a little bit more normal, maybe we can go get th- uh, put through a, a loop day workout, huh? I don't know, man. Because you, you and Alyssa Lang did one, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we did. So, and that was very emasculating. But see, so the thing is about that <laughs> is not today I would feel even worse about myself because, you know, not only would I be completely inadequate from a workout standpoint, but then I would be like, wow, I'm a really bad person because, you know, or maybe, maybe he would be able to completely improve me in that one hour or whatever. Where I'd come out of there feeling like I just attended therapy or something. He but would I, draw it out of you, man. Yeah, th- so that is the point. You know, I'd probably feel bad about myself going in, exiting. I'd probably feel bad from a physical standpoint, but maybe mentally he could help me. So maybe we need to do that. Let's put in our request and uh, see see what we got going. I think it would be fun. Was was that was that Joe Connolly that put you and Alyssa through? That the was. That was- that was Coach Joe Connie, and he he very much. I mean, he took it very very easy. I mean, that was not that was not an extreme workout. I think you know Con- Coach Connolly was probably worried about like me like killing over or something and didn't want that <laughs> on his conscience. So it was a little bit more like, yeah, just do some of this, and we'll 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 time you in this and that kind of thing. So and that was probably for the best, to be honest with you. <clears throat> The the stuff some of these guys have to do, or all these guys have to do, man, like the um, the one tens running those, yeah, awful, murder murderous. Yeah, they, what did they have to do? Like twenty six one tens or something at at some point last year. I yeah. think that's part of the fitness test. And so you're you're running like the entire length of the field plus an end zone, and and running it fast. It's not a not a little leisurely jog. And and it, it has to be at a by a certain time, you know? Right. In order for it to count. Yep. That's that's stupid. That's that's crazy. Um Man, I'm right. eating in here again. Oh yeah, why are y'all so you know what mean to Chris? I know I don't look great today, or really any day, especially not today. Not not my best day today, but I'm here pushing through so yeah today chris is feeling a little bit under the weather i think but he's still here he's still here to hang out with y'all and talk and y'all just bashing the crap out of him um tory and gray man the thing i took away i was trying to think today what did i take away from each person who spoke the thing i took away from tory and gray was when he said dbu the new dbu and he really seems to be leaning on that and seems to be planning to use that. And I, I think you look, if um, if you're him and you say, all right, I know the guys I've coached at, at you know in my past, and I know the guys South Carolina has had in their past. That's a pretty good track record from sort of both ends of this thing to tell other kids – Hey man, we you know we can get you to the league here. So you know I I think it, it sounds like he plans to lean on that both for, as a recruiting pitch, but also he mentioned it with the current players and basically said, look, we have to have this as a standard to try and live up to because let's be honest, there is a ton of inexperience in that room right now. Not a lot of guys returning who have played a bunch or played at a high level. And it seems like his mindset is I'm going to try to build the confidence in these kids um, from moment one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and Torian Gray, I think very much a, a business-like sort of approach. But you're right. I mean, he's been he's been at schools 
and including South Carolina, right? South Carolina's got a good tradition that has spanned multiple coaches, multiple eras, and sending defensive backs to the NFL. They've had a pretty good run on that. Um, but trying to get back there to where they're producing more of that talent on a regular basis is certainly something he's harked on. And, you know, uh, Torian's someone who's – look, he's played in the NFL for a while, uh, had a had a career-ending injury that, that forced him to retire a bit early. But he's played in the NFL. He's coached in the NFL in Washington. Um, he's been at Virginia Tech. Has a nice defensive history. A lot of defensive backs that were produced under Frank Beamer there, and then to Florida, which obviously again spanning several coaches, several eras. A nice track record of defensive backs there as well, and now at South Carolina. So uh, a lot of familiarity again on that staff. And one thing we knew that we knew early on even in the process that eventually led to Shane Beamer during the, the head coaching search at South Carolina, we knew that Torian Gray was a guy that could eventually be brought on, but uh, it got to a point to where when they're still looking for the defensive coordinator, you know, what would, what would be his thoughts, et cetera. And, and Clayton White certainly signed off on wanting to hire with Torian Gray and Shane Beamer has raved about him as a person, as a coach um, certainly thinks very high of him with his track record. So, he should be able to help them, I think, some in Florida. You know, he's a Florida native on the recruiting trail, should be able to give them some some ends there, um, and is also highly regarded as a coach on the field. By the way, Chris, a um, little bit of somewhat breaking news as we're talking here on the show. South Carolina, I believe you can say now, has officially announced the hire of former Georgia Tech character development coach Derek Moore. Um, it, it appears they have reposted this video on the Gamecock football account. Um, it says, welcome home at Demo Speaks. And Derek Moore, Chris, someone that I believe is sort of known as being one of the elites as far as the character development game. Um, I don't know exactly how long he was at Georgia Tech. Maybe you, maybe you can fill us in, Chris. Maybe you know a little bit more about him. But – a guy that um, seems like would be another in just a sort of, I would say, developing trend we're seeing of this approach to culture. And like you talked about, not just being, oh, we're going to create a great culture, you know, a buzzword type thing, because it is a buzzword, but they're, they're sort of putting the hires um, behind that mantra as well. Yeah, so been a character development coach or, you know, chaplain. I mean, he, he's sort of been named both those things um, during his time at Georgia Tech where he's been – I'm not sure – it's been a while, Wes. He's, he's been there for quite a while from what I remember. Uh, former NFL running back. He played at a small NAIA school in Northeastern State and a set single-season rushing record there. Actually made the NFL, played for the Falcons, Lions – Played for our Panthers, Wes, I think in one of the earlier seasons, maybe even the, the earliest season of the Panthers. Um, and so, yeah, really well regarded. I mean, if you're a college football fan, odds are at some point or another you've seen a video of some sort, you know, circulating of Derek Moore giving some type of locker room speech or motivational speech. So highly regarded on that. And like you said, Wes, uh, new video up in the Gamecock football Twitter account where Derek Moore is is talking. So pretty passionate guy, motivational sort of figure. So another, I think another good hire on that front for Shane Beamer. Dude, I'm going to have to go back and look. So Derek Moore was on the 19, he was on that 1995 Panthers team, expansion team, right? And I, I think was their leading rusher that year. He was number 20. And, um, I may have met him when I was a kid because I went to a Panthers autograph session with my dad and I waited in line and Kerry Co- Collins was the big name that was there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was like nine years old at the time. So meeting Kerry Collins, I mean, that was that was like a straight up thrill. But I had these Panthers cards that, I, I, you know, was going through and I was meeting guys and trying to find their cards and then getting them to sign their, their particular cards and stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've got a Derek Moore 
autographed Panthers card at my house. So uh, it, it is funny, uh, sort of small world nature of college football or, or the football world in general. And um, that that's pretty neat, though. I, I didn't. That is neat. Does that make you feel old a little bit? Well, I mean, a little bit, yeah, but I, I feel old every day, man, anyway. The old but, thing for me, so, I mean, first of all, J.C. Horn being Joe Horn's son was definitely made me feel old. Um, and that's starting to happen more, but there's rivals profiles for guys where you're like, wait, there's a rivals profile for that guy's dad, too, when I was covering it. The, the, the Probably the worst one that's happened to me recently is I was watching one of the playoff games this past weekend, and Antoine Winfield made a play. And I was like, wait a minute, Antoine Winfield, like, is that, is he still playing? Like, that's how old, and then I just, I was like, no, 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 no. he would have been like 50 years old now. Probably not, but it was his son. Yeah. And I was like, wait, because like, I've just been watching NFL for so long that I recognized Antoine Winfield and was like, wow, made me feel old. Yeah, it, it'll it'll catch up to you, man. Um, SC Scout guy said, I bet that Wes wore a Panther starter jacket to school. I had... I had an old school Charlotte Hornet starter jacket um, when I was younger. I also had my my heavy coat. I had a massive, just like twice as wide as me, black Carolina Panthers jacket that I used to wear all the time. When I dude, when I when the Panthers became a thing, like when I was young, I was a huge Panthers fan. I mean, could name everybody on the roster level Panthers fan. Um, so that, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm actually, I'm sort of uh fanboy kind of excited about Derek Moore <laughs> getting, getting the job. That's, that's pretty awesome. I've got to go back and find, see if I have that carb somewhere at my parents' house. Um, were you about to say something? I, I feel like you were reading something over there, or had something to yeah, say. I was looking at some of the nostalgic comments in the, in the, and, and I was thinking about others, man. I mean, dude, do you remember? Cause I know we're both, long-suffering Panthers fans. Do you remember the Super Bowl trip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was simultaneously one of the most fun and depressing things ever. Yeah, well, didn't John Casey kick the uh, ensuing kickoff out of bounds after we had scored to uh, to go up and had come back? I mean, that was a great Super Bowl. I think it set the record at the time for the longest pass in Super Bowl history. I think that was Jake DeLome to Moose and Muhammad, I think. Uh, was one of the lo- and Jake DeLome was out there talking trash. I mean, it was fantastic. It was now Moose and Muhammad's kid plays for Texas A&M. <laughs> we saw him in camp, I think, last summer or the summer before. Not, not this past summer, obviously, but I think the summer before his high school team was in Columbia at 7-on-7. Seven seven. So, yep. Yeah, so cool, great hire for for South Carolina though. It is, it seems, uh, another strong hire as far as off the field roles go. Uh, let's see, let's let's not forget this, Chris. Uh, this one won't mean as much to everyone, but still, it's a, you know, it's important to put it out there. Who South Carolina is hiring for these various roles, and Ahmad Smith will also come on to South Carolina staff on the defensive side of the ball as a quality control slash analyst type role. He actually worked with the Nickelbacks the last two years at Western Kentucky. Of course, that would be with Clayton White, South Carolina's new defensive coordinator. So that's, again, Ahmad Smith. And, Chris, you know, I was – I actually turned on a little bit of Western Kentucky, uh, like a game on YouTube when I was just sitting around doing some work earlier. was wanting to get a little bit of feel for their for their scheme. And, you know, I think I think up front, this thing, it looks to me a little bit more similar, at least the defensive front, to what South Carolina does than maybe people are going to expect. I mean, there there was a lot of stand-up pass rush guys on the edge for what I saw where your defensive ends are, are standing up and look sort of like uh, the way South Carolina uses the buck. Um, that stood out to me. The other thing that stood out was I know coaches like to use the words aggressive it's another buzzword these days you know we're going to be aggressive we're going to be aggressive they but in the little bit I saw this is the Louisville game they actually were extremely aggressive lots of single high safety you know extra guy in the box um, bringing extra rushers incredibly aggressive as far as stopping the run and their linebackers get sort of getting downhill and attacking the backfield 
Um, now that was that was against the team at the time. I think that was earlier in the year where Louisville was a maybe a run first team, and and their quarterback was running the football quite a bit. So I think they were trying to force them to maybe beat them through the air more than anything. But that was my very quick takeaway from this scheme, and we're seeing, uh, you know, with Ahmad coming in, um, Ahmad Smith, and then of course. Um, uh, yesterday, Jimmy Lindsay officially being introduced. A few guys who have have a history and have a background and sort of already know the intricacies of this defense. And you know, some somebody coming in and, and working with the nickels. If you're you know if you're a guy like Ahmad Smith, that that maybe quietly is is an important role because there are I'm sure a lot of working you know pieces within this scheme. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard uh, a lot about um, – didn't know that it was specifically Ahmad at the time, but heard a lot about the role that, you know, um, guy that turned out to be Ahmad played within that defense just in terms of, of helping teach it and everything and working with the nickelbacks. So I think that's a that's an important hire, you know, just to give some more continuity. You've now got some guys who are, you know, very familiar with each other and Lindsey and Clayton White, Ahmad Smith, although he'll be off-field you know, is nonetheless a very important hire, um, you know. And so I, I think that's good to have him, you know, on uh, on campus, part of the staff, and then you'll mix in some new guys. You know, you're obviously mixing in Tory and Gray, you know, on this staff as sort of an, an outsider, if you will, but someone that nonetheless has a good track record and is going to be able to, I think, work, work well with the rest of the defensive staff. All right, so we've gone through some of the other guys. Um, Jimmy Lindsay, of course, spoke yesterday. To me, Jimmy Lindsay, he's a little bit more the guy that's sort of a little bit more laid back. Um, obviously, we've been told uh, build strong relationships with his guys, a strong recruiter as far as building relationships. Not going to be the, the guy that carries that sort of used car salesman vibe. Not going to be necessarily even the rah-rah type guy, it appears. But um, I, I would say more as far especially speaking to the media yesterday, a little more matter of fact, a little more, hey, this is how things are, a little more I'm not going to sort of BS you type guy. But um, what's maybe been your early takeaways listening to Jimmy Lindsay yesterday and just obviously the, the things we've, we've heard about him otherwise? Yeah, I, I think more serious than matter of fact. And, and, you know, when we were talking about him the other day, Wes, when he was, you know, after we reported his hire, before he spoke to the media, I think one of the things we were talking about is how, you know, he's really well liked by players, by high school coaches, people that know him within the industry, but he doesn't have this like bombastic type of personality. Like you said, not rah-rah or a salesman. He's a little bit more matter of fact, but um, he's had a lot of success where he's been, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, development. You know, he's coached, I think, five defensive players of the year, conference defensive players of the year. He's developed some All-Americans. He's developed a lot of all-conference picks. So, um, he's he's pretty highly regarded in the industry. He's worked with some really good coaches alongside some really good coaches, under some really good coaches. Um, you know, Ryan Nielsen is one that comes to mind, who's the Saints defensive line coach. The LSU just tried to hire as their coordinator. That's the guy he worked alongside. Pete Jenkins, um, you know, the, the legendary former LSU defensive line coach who has a big sort of coaching tree is, is another guy that Jimmy Lindsey, you know, he's sort of a Pete Jenkins guy from that tree. So pretty highly regarded in the industry, but not going to be that that super bombastic out there personality, just sort of a little bit more keeps his head down and works. But someone that players, and you've heard from some of them, West two guys that he's recruited or coached in the past, they really, really like him. No doubt, man. Um, all right, so I, I think you look, and we've said this multiple times, but now I, I think we can really narrow it down. Chris, I really think we're going to be able to, at some point in the very soon future, report on an offensive line hire, and hopefully we can officially say that the on-field staff will then be complete. Yeah, and let's, you know what, what we should, let's just go ahead and talk about that a little bit if you're good with it. Um so the guy, and, and you you mentioned this name, I think back on Thursday as being in the mix. We had another report this morning, Greg Adkins. Um, 30, I went up calculated it, 30 years this past year of experience 
across college football, a couple in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, but uh, he's been at Marshall, he's been at Tennessee. His tie to Coach Beamer is that he was um, a, a, the offensive line coach at the time at Tennessee when Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield were both grad assistants there um, and then has experience at a variety of other schools as well. He was most recently at Marshall, his alma mater, uh, had, a, had a good offensive line there last year. Guy again that you know and Luke and work with Luke Day too. My understanding is those two have have a good relationship, good friendship as well, and, and similar philosophies. He's really a players type of coach, but has certainly done a really good job recruiting and developing during during his career. So that's the guy that we're really uh, you know zeroing in on in our reporting. And like you said, Wes, maybe in position here soon to to say that it's uh, even even closer to happening. We're gonna throw a party at that point. When the staff is complete, Amen. Um, all of you are invited. So I'm not going to tell you where the party is. You have to find it. But everyone here listening or watching is invited to the the staff has finally put together. Thank goodness party. And we can all move forward with this thing. All right, y'all appreciate the time as always. Appreciate the support. Appreciate y'all listening, watching. Uh, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please uh, leave a review um, on whatever deal it is um <laughs> justin says chris with the first accidental loop doty did did he say doty instead of day oh i didn't even catch it they're growing you know i'm really proud i haven't done scott satterfield yet it's been close but yeah ryan day luke doty scott satterfield i'm yeah. sure others may even do it instead of shane at some point might even do that one. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. But I'm surprised I have I wasn't the first on the Luke Doty thing to be honest with you because that one's and then I, I keep I keep saying in my head day 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 but then I'm like I'm going to say Ryan Day at, at some point. Especially what what if Ryan Helinski was still on the team? So you would have had Luke Day, Ryan you know Ryan Helinski, Luke Doty. I mean it's it's tough. It's a mess. But yeah. All right, y'all enjoyed it. Good show as always. Um, no party invite. Y'all can come to the party, man. Uh, appreciate y'all. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you all. It'll probably be Friday. We'll see you all on Friday. Appreciate it. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.